Welcome to Stepping Out of the Boat with Christy Farhart, a podcast where we talk about going scared into the things of life God calls us into, whether that means being a wife or a mom, because let's face it, mom ain't easy, or if that means stepping out into missions or ministry. Here together, we're going to explore what that means to go and go scared. Hello again. Here we are back with another episode of Stepping Out of the Boat with Christy Farhar. And today it's Christy Farhar and my good friend, Nikki Jones. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) This is kind of weird because we're never this formal, but I promise you it will not be formal. So um, I wanted to have Nikki on because um, I was thinking about um, our calls the other day and how some are called to go and some are called to stay and some are called to go and stay and it's just a little different so um there's just a lot we're going to talk about today so tell us a little bit about yourself well i um was born and raised in petersburg and that's where i'm still at you're a piker i'm a piker that's right (laughs) that's right um i met my husband in college we got married as soon as i graduated and we have been married now 26 26, 27 years. I say all the time that um, it's easy to be married to Mike, but it's not easy for him to be married to me. He is, um, he is exactly what he, I needed um, throughout my life, so I'm thankful for him. We have three children together. We have Alyssa, who's married to Seth, so I now have a son-in-law. Um, no ch- grandchildren yet, but maybe one of these days. I have Maddie, who is a junior in college. We'll Is get she her a through. junior? She's a junior, wow. yes. So a year and a half left for her. And then Reese is our youngest son, and he is a sophomore in college now at Anderson University. So we've got two in college and one away, and one day we may have some money because we're no longer paying for college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we'll ever have money. So yeah. So I laugh because um, people ask me all the time, how did you and Nikki meet? Like, what were the circumstances? So we both were actually working in Emmaus Walk together, a chrysalis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the lay director asked me if I would give you a ride. <laughs> I remember this, and I was like, uh, um, because I really didn't think I liked you. <laughs> you is that, is that awful good. to say, no, though? that's okay. I'm like, man, but that I, is a testament to how, how quick we can judge people and not know them, because now I love you dearly. But that... <laughs> That is so funny because I was yeah. like, mm, no, I don't really like her. I don't know. I must not have made a very good first impression or something. <laughs> I don't even think I really knew. I think I was, that was my first chrysalis to work. Chrysalis to work yeah. And I was very nervous. So I probably was really quiet. I don't I know remember. that's shocking, but I probably was. <laughs> I really don't know what I think it was just. I used to be, and I get, I don't think I am anymore. It's called spiritual maturity. I used mm-hmm. to be really quick to judge people prematurely before and I think, man, I would have really missed out on a lot had I, seriously, I know, had I, I not, imagine. had I not um, given you a chance to ride yeah. with you. Did ride with us? I did. I think Alyssa worked that one too, and she rode with us. Amy worked that one too. Uh-huh. Yep, I think. I so. don't even know who all rode with us, but anyway. So from then, it was just, um, I don't know how long we knew each other before. I asked you to come on and be the vice president for the Micah Six Eight project. Do you know? 
Maybe a year? I think probably a year, maybe a year and a half, yes. Okay, so um, I don't really remember logist. I don't really remember me asking you. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember it. Okay, yeah. tell me I about do. it. I do. I remember I was sitting at my desk in the basement. Well, you had talked to me like at an Emmaus event. I don't know if we worked a walk okay. or Christmas. At some point, you talked to me about praying about the project. And um, I remember sitting at my desk in the basement at work and... Um, I can't remember the song, but a song came on that spoke to me and I, you had texted me and said, I really need to talk to you about something. And you had asked me then. Don't you hate when people do that to you? I know, I know. You asked me to be vice president and, uh, you know, I was praying about it and there was a song that played that spoke directly to my heart and I journaled that and I can't find the journal. I tried to find it. So it's somewhere in my house, but I journaled that point and I just remember thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) But I knew that I was supposed to say yes. None to of it. us do. Right. Yeah. So I just knew I was supposed to and I was going to trust God through and that. And that was, was that in 2013? Probably or? because we went in 2013. Was yes. My first okay. Trip there. Yeah. So Early 2013. Um, in 2013, this, uh, the board formed and I remember telling everybody, I don't care if you ever go back again. But I want everybody to go and see this for themselves because I feel like it's important that if we're going to serve on this board, I had two stipulations, if you remember. You had, everybody on the board has to donate monthly mm-hmm. because we can't ask other people to donate if we're not willing to do it ourselves. Right. And I wanted everybody to go. So, and that first trip was when I found Sammy. Yes. Yes. So that was the first time you guys went to Yeji. So all the board went with us. Um, tell me a little bit about, so how many trips have we been on since then? Do you know? I was thinking today, and I think it's nine. Together, we've been I think on nine. I, I think it's been nine together. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. It's eight or nine, but I really think it's, it's been pro- nine. It probably is. Mm-hmm. Because um, some years we went twice. Yes. It was like three years we yes. went twice together. Yeah, because um, we went in 2013, and then... So tell me about your initial thought of going to Africa. Like what was, because that was something that you. I was never scared Mm -hmm. to be in Africa. I dreaded the plane ride. Okay. That was my worst fear, which sounds kind of crazy. And it wasn't the fear of being on a plane. It was the confined space of being on a plane. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I still have those same feelings about flying every time. And it's just the confinement and how will I survive 11 hours on a plane and. (laughs) And I think, I, and then I talked to myself saying, this is just craziness because mm-hmm. you've done it now nine times. So right. you can obviously survive it. But um, I knew that I was supposed to go. There wasn't a doubt. And um, I knew as soon as I stepped on the soil mm-hmm. that um, God was calling this project to great things. Right, right. It's amazing to me how you can know in an instant you know, that's the cool thing about, I really feel like when God gives you a calling, you know, it's the thing right. that makes you come alive. It's the thing that makes you passionate. It's, and what's cool about it is, um, you know, our calling is a lot the same and a lot different. Right, right. And so the cool thing about that is um, I have been so thankful because here in the last couple of years, you know, Ed and I got the opportunity to go to the National Prayer Breakfast and we couldn't have gone um, unless you kept our kids. And not, <laughs> okay, our kids are difficult just in that, you know, they're kids that come from hard places and they've suffered some trauma in their life. And 
Um, not everybody will put in the time to get to know them and look beyond that and beyond the things that they act out on. And um, you have done that. And it's really something because Millie won't stay with anybody. <laughs> she was great. She didn't even cry this time. I know. She didn't even cry this time. Okay, oh, you kept them again this time, too. You yes. kept them again in October. So you've stayed with them actually two times now. Mm-hmm. And um, I always tell people that that takes a real friend to be able to stay with four kids that aren't your own. Right. Right. I love them. And a I house with a children. dog that you don't like dogs. I don't really like dogs that well. That <laughs> might have been pushing it a little bit, but I would do it all over again. Poor and you know, Ziva. As you said, our callings are very different. They're, mm. they're similar, but yeah. they're different because yeah. um, I know that my calling is to support the project mm-hmm. in whatever it needs. Right. And that, that includes staying with your kids, which whether it was the project or not, I would because I love your kids. <laughs> but um, that includes that. Yeah. That, I mean, it. As you said, we're not all called to go, mm-hmm. but we're all called to do something somewhere. Right. And, um, you know, and that's what friends do. You know, outside of the project, we're friends also. Yeah. And that's, that's what's key is that friendship also. And that's what yeah. that's and what even friends if, do. I mean, now that we have the project, even if we didn't have it, we would still remain friends. Right. It's just, I don't know. We, there's just some kind of kindredness um, between us. Um, actually, people ask us in Africa if we're twins, and we're always like, no, we're just fat. We're not twins. We're just fat. We're just fat white women. Um, right. You know, they'll say, are you twins? Are you sisters? And we're like, no, we're not, we're not twins or sisters. But, you know, God calls people to walk alongside you in different phases in your mm-hmm. life, and this is the phase that God has called us to at this point. Um, it's like armor bearers. You know, you know, in that, there's a scripture that talks about how, um, I can't remember the exact passage, but... Um, they had an armor bearer and they would carry their armor mm-hmm. for them just to make sure that they got right. their. And I feel like that's what the board is. And you specifically for me in this calling is that you're my armor bearer. Like you're, you're the ones that say, okay, they're like Moses when his arms got tired. That's what you guys do. You hold the arms up so that we can, we can get this job done that we're called to do and right. do it effectively. Right. Um, let's talk about, um, the one, okay, let's talk about some of our trips to Africa. So, cause we kind of skipped around oh, yeah. a little bit, but I want to talk about, let's talk about the one trip specifically where Kwame decided to take us to this, the lake, not the lake, not the Volta Lake, but the lake to have fun. <laughs> and so he's like, let's go on this boat ride. And remember they tried to get us to put life well, okay, jackets so- on. I'm thinking, you know, there are beautiful parts in Ghana. Yeah. Very beautiful. Not what a lot of people realize. Um, almost tropical type yes. environment. Blaine Foos said it's like Hawaii only with less color. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's beautiful. So I'm thinking this lake, <laughs> we're going to go out on this nice boat. Like a pontoon. So it starts with them trying to, <laughs> to put life jackets on us. At like a kid size. Right. And they're... <laughs> They didn't smell the best, and the jacket would not fit me because, as Christy said, we are larger white women, (laughs) and they were trying to squeeze me in this life jacket. They were, like, shoving it over your head. Yes, and I kept saying... You kept saying, I'm a lifeguard. I'm a lifeguard. I don't need this life jacket. And they're like, put it on. Yes, so they... You managed to fit into the life jacket. I need to find the picture and post it. (laughs) Yeah, so it, it... Got buckled. But then also, um, remember, I had him convinced that I was an Olympic swimmer. 
Yes, yes, that she was the Olympic swimmer in 1980-something, I believe, was the year. I even had a time down. Like, I even told him how, how long it took me to swim. I can't even swim. No, but, but I can because I'm a lifeguard. Right, you're a lifeguard, <laughs> but they didn't care. And then we were getting off the boat, and what was it they said? Oh, big you? mama. Yeah, and we were like, what? But that's a compliment in Ghana because they think if you're bigger, you have enough money to make yourself that I have way. a lot of money. <laughs> And I've, I learned long ago not to take offense to that. So I am, I was fine with it. We've laughed you know, and joked it about is it. What and it, it is. has been a, it's, it was great. So, okay. Um, then we had the spring roll tour. Of 2016. Of 2016. Was that 2016? It was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the trip where, tell them about that trip. Well, it was just Christy and I on that trip mm-hmm. and nothing went as planned. We hit a motor, our motorcycle hit our car. Yeah. We broke down. 27 times. At least. I gave mouth to mouth to the car. <laughs> yes, that is very true. And um, we decided to try spring rolls everywhere we went, including <laughs> gas stations. And um, Oh, they were so bad. They're not like the Royal Park spring rolls. No, they weren't. But we've laughed about that. But even in all that, God still did a lot of work on that trip. Yeah, because we really felt like we were sitting on the side of the road a lot. We were. We were sitting on the side of we the road We were, a lot. but he really did. Yeah. So, um, What else? Let's, let's think about it. We do have a list. I wish I would have pulled the, the list up. Um, how you know if you're Ghanaian. You know you're Ghanaian when. when? Yeah. Oh, I, have I don't the, remember. I have the list, but I can't, I can't get right. on my notes to look I, it up. I can't but. remember. Yeah, we came up with a list of how you know you're going to How about I post it on the Facebook that page? That would be great. Whenever, I cannot remember, but yeah, we had a whole list. Um, so uh, when talk about a little bit about um, going back to Ghana, not only um, how you may have felt the first time, but, you know, you felt like that God has continued to call you back, and now right. it's in a little different capacity with the medical mission right, trips. Right, I think um, each time I go, I see something different. Mm-hmm. And I, I know this sounds a little bit odd, but I see more hope every time I go. More hope in the people, mm-hmm. more... Um, you know, I was thinking today, I don't ever want to become numb to the poverty that's around me mm-hmm. when I'm there. I don't ever want to become numb to the blessings that God has bestowed on us and on the project. I don't ever want to take any of that for granted or yeah. be numb to it. But when I go, I don't see the poverty like I saw it. And I don't think it's in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I think I see the beauty of the people even more. Oh, I think that's important too. Or I think that's true, but I was thinking about this on the last... So my first trip there in 2011, I took 1,600 pictures. Right. Because I thought, I don't know if I'll be back. And then right. there was a couple trips where I didn't really take that many, and I thought, wow, that I have really just gotten used to being there, and I mm-hmm. don't ever want to be used to being there. On the, I want to look at it with new eyes right. every time right. I'm there. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't want to become numb to that. And the last trip I went on, we had not planned on me going, I... I joined one week before, um, <laughs> got flight tickets, and went with the team. And I didn't take hardly any pictures that mm-hmm. that week, and I purposefully didn't because I wanted to ex- truly experience it mm-hmm. because it was such a blessing. But most of the time, I'm on the medical mission trips at this point. Right. So, um, talk a little bit about the medical mission trips because yeah, we've had two now, and what you know, it's basically providing primary health care. Um, in the village. Yeah. So we set up clinic rooms with nurse practitioners and um, a physician assistant. 
We have other clinicians who help and we treat, try to treat whatever comes in. So that can be eye infections, ear infections, respiratory, um, minor aches and pains, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, malaria, um, if it's anything more serious, we've made arrangements to get them to the hospital yeah. to be seen. So um, in addition to that, there's also the opportunity where they're able to pray over all of the patients. Right. So when we say that, I mean, it's not a hundred patients, it's three days and five or 600 patients. So that's five or 600 people who maybe um, have a different religion, mm -hmm. be Muslim, not even know the name of Jesus that have, have Christ prayed over them right. in Christ's name. So it's a, it's a really beautiful sight to see. And, um, you know, one of the ladies that went just said that, um, we're there treating them, but Christ is really the one taking care of them yeah. so that when we leave, we know it's okay because he will continue to take care of them. And again, I think that's where some of that hope mm -hmm. comes in. And the in. cool thing about it is um, when you're the person that's actually not, because we all know I'm not medical at all. I mean, I, I always tell people I can barely put a bandaid on. Like I know nothing about medical, but it's cool to sit back and watch because they're not only treating people, their physical needs, but they genuinely care about these people that they're seeing in these rooms yes. and to watch them pray over the Muslim girl with the headdress on and that, right. that, and they are genuinely praying too. And mm -hmm. I really think that's been the turning point in this project is because we are, you know, we are a Christian based project, right? You know, we go in the name of Jesus and I think that's what's protected us because, um, other than this last time, uh, we don't hear the call to worship anymore no. in no. Yeji. Um, we heard it. Do you remember the trip where we were in the Taj Mahal room? We call it the Taj Mahal room because <laughs> it's the nicest room that we've stayed out there. And um, you heard the, tell them about this. You so were in the bathroom. We were, I was in the bathroom and we had always heard the call to worship. Yeah, it's so We'd eerie. always heard it at certain times and I was in the bathroom and, and the windows open there and I walked out and I don't remember the song I heard, but I heard a, How Great Thou Art. Oh, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm like, Christy, did you hear him singing? And she's like, no. <laughs> and I said, yes. Did you not hear that? And she's like, no, you're crazy. You know? And, um, I, I know without a doubt that God placed that. Yeah. Allowed me to hear that versus hearing the call to worship yep. that morning that he protected me from that. And that's, I don't often have those experiences, mm -hmm. but I knew that day that God yeah. played that for me, and I was the only one that was able to hear that. So, And the time that we were there, so there was another trip we were there, and we were at uh, Mr. Foster, who's the social welfare. That's not his name, but that's his code name. Mm -hmm. the, the social welfare, direct, welfare director. And all of a sudden, remember, the Pentecostal parade came by. Yes. And every, right. even the Ghanaians, <laughs> even the Ghanaians were like, what is this? Yeah. And I really feel like that that was God saying, I see you here. Yes. And I am here. Yes. Because we said, does this happen often? They're like, no, this never I happened. Think that was that trip where we wrote down all the time, wasn't it? Yes. It was just you and I there yes. that time. And yeah. the, here comes this Pentecostal parade and we're like, this is right through Yeji, the, the Muslim. This is the slave hub of Yeji. Mm -hmm. And there's a Pentecostal parade going through. Yeah. I mean, there there is evil forces there, but God is working right. in the midst of that. I mean, I can see that there, you know, we always say that we're about changing a culture mm -hmm. and that's what we want to see. We want to see, we want to empower people in Ghana to be able to change that culture. And right. I think we're beginning to see that. I do too. I mean, it's cool because you even said to me not too long ago, you know, Yeji is changing. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So it's changing for the better. So what we got here? Okay, so in 2013, go back to that trip. So we, um, I always, I tell people this in my episode of the story of Sammy is um, whenever we found Sammy, everybody knows that mm-hmm. I looked for him the whole day before, and I didn't even know his name till they said, right. oh, "Oh, that's, that's Sammy. Sammy." Yeah. And so then Hack, um, I really feel like when the Lord speaks to Hack, or when Hack hears from the Lord, it truly is from the voice of God. Right. Because, you know, this is a couple times now that he said, I really feel like, and if he hadn't have said that, we wouldn't have went back and we wouldn't have found Sammy. And so through that, finding Sammy, um, you know, we got to begin to realize that it's not just Sammy, right. that there's a whole family of brothers. And so I don't remember a lot of the details. Um, you probably do, do more than I do. So I kind of want you to tell that story about um, Kwaku, Simone, <laughs> Isaiah, whatever you want to call yeah. him. Simone. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So we met Sammy on that trip, as Christy said, which was just, you know, a God moment for that. And we got back and Christy, even on that trip, Kwame said, if he's available, do you want to adopt him? And mm-hmm. you're like, yes, we would in an instant. So we got back and I don't remember how long we'd been back. It hadn't been a long time, mm-hmm. but I know my reintegration back. Yeah. Um, was a really difficult time. Was a really difficult time, which it is for many. So let's stop real quick and talk about that because I don't think people realize. Um, you know, I I've been to Ghana now fifteen times, and I think people expect it to get easier Mm-mm. for me when I come back. And I don't think um, I don't know why, but it's always that Sunday after that I'm texting you saying, "Here I am sitting in church, and I I can't control right. the tears." Um, you know, reintegration is such a real. Thing. It's yes, hard it's to come hard. back it's hard. Um, to a land of plenty from a land of such devastation. And we, we go in October, so we come back as the Christmas season is right. gearing up, which just points that out even more. And I remember there's the one time, I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever forget. I was, I'd come home and um, I wasn't sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that you're on a different time, but it was more than that. Yeah. It was more than that. And I can remember standing in my kitchen and, um, I turned on the water. Yeah. You know, I turned on the water and I fell to my knees weeping mm. because all I could think about was those that were on the lake and yeah. they had no clean water. And I walked to the kitchen to get a drink and, um, and that easy for us to get a drink. Oh, so easy for us to get a drink. And we don't even think about those things. So it was that first time has been my hardest. Every time's difficult, but mm. that first time was my, my hardest. So it's strange because I feel like every time I come back that it's harder every time. Because your home is there. Right. Right. Because your home's it's, there. It's just difficult. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, people have shown grace, but I think a lot of people don't understand. Right. And um, usually I just become a hermit for about a week or so. And then, you know, so go ahead. We came okay. back. So we came back. I don't know how long we'd been back, but you text and you're like, Sammy has a brother. And his name is Simone. And um, Kwaku, I think yeah, Kwaku yeah. Simone or something. Well, well Kwaku is the, um, is the, is it Tuesday born? I think it's Tuesday born. Yeah. 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 So um, anyway, he has a brother, and and Mike and I had never really talked a lot about adoption. I mean, I 
my best friend has adopted, you all have adopted, I, I want to support those people who have, but that was never what I felt like was a calling on my life. And, and I was sitting there in the living room and I'm like, hey, Mike, um, Sammy's got a brother and they're trying to look for someone to adopt them too. And he looked at me with this, and I was already starting to feel a little bit of that stirring in my life and, or in my heart as soon as you said it, which was weird for me. Yeah. Again, not on my radar and <laughs> hasn't been on my radar since. Right. Because God has other plans and that's okay. Um, but Mike looked at me and he said, I think we're supposed to be the ones. Hmm. And I'm like, no, you know, but I knew like it was, it was again, one of those very clear mm-hmm. defining moments for me. So we were praying about it that I think it was a Saturday night, maybe a Friday night. We go to church on Sunday and, um, I don't know what the sermon was, but whatever the points were, were essentially, you do this. I mean, and <laughs> yeah. even we have really good friends, Dave and Terry. Dave walked, and we had told them about it and asked them to pray. He walked up to us after church, and he said, if that wasn't for you, I don't know who it was for. Right. So we um, started the process. Yeah, and there was, there was more than just Sammy and Simone. Yes. You know, there was Sammy, Simone, Enoch, Gideon, and Festus. Yes. I guess we didn't, and remind me if I don't know. We did not know about the other two boys at at that point. We did not at that point. So I think, and I don't know why Sammy and Simone were the two that would be first, essentially, because they went to live with Kwame. Right, because because they were, I don't know why they were the two that were the first, but that's why they went to Kwame. Right. Because they were going to be the first two adopted. Right. I don't know. I don't know. So... Um, yeah, they went to live with Kwame. Simone had a lot of health issues, um, malnutrition, health issues. At one point, they thought that he may even have HIV. Mm-hmm. I remember that conversation with Kwame, and um, it was January the 3rd of that year, yeah. whenever we found out he didn't. I mean, that's how much that right. conversation sticks in my mind. Not that it would have mattered. We would have adopted right. him anyway. Um, so, yeah, we, we jumped in. Yeah, I mean, we had fundraisers. We were ready to go. Yeah, like we, we jumped were... in feet first and hearts completely open. Yeah. Um, and and Simone at that point became my son. Yeah. As Sammy did yeah. with you. Yeah. So, yeah, we were ready to adopt. We got to the point where we planned a trip to go over and sign paperwork. Christy mm-hmm. and I were going along with um, someone who was at, working on adopting. Yeah, Enoch. Enoch. Yeah. Um, and I was, and in the meantime, Kwame had FaceTimed us. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, and he would tell them, this is your mom and dad. Like it it was, you know, we were, we sent pictures of the kids and vice versa. And yeah, they again had become, he had become my child at that point. Um, and I still think of him that way, you know, that will never change. But, um, I was at work doing training in Cincinnati. Thankfully, I have a job where I can have some flexibility, but um, that provides well. And I was working and I got a text from Christy and it was April Fool's Day. Did you realize yeah. that? Yeah, it was, it April, was 1st, April Fool's Day. Because I, I remember thinking, this is not a joke you would play. Right, right. Um, but yeah, found out that the adoption fell through at that point. Um, so... And we still went. We still went. We still went. And yeah. I think we didn't, at that point, 
I think even, at least in my heart, I didn't want to believe that it was right. real. Like no, I, I, I really I wanted to believe that if, if we went there, that something would change, that we would be bringing them home, you know, yeah. or that, you know. Yeah. So we, um, we went and I had not met Simone personally yet. You had met Sammy, but I had yeah. never seen Simone. That was not, um, I hadn't had that opportunity to meet him. And this is what's cool about a friendship like we have, because even in our own hurt, we're so excited and ready to cheer mm-hmm. on the other person. Because the boys had went back. The boys to had Yeji. went back. Yes, I yes. forgot that part. Yeah. They had went back to Yeji, and they were living with their parents. And at even that point. Kwame and Jenny were devastated too, because yes. they'd had these boys for six months. Yes. So they had went back. Well, we were in Kamasi, and um, Kwame was trying to arrange for the boys to come down to Kamasi so we could at least see them. Right. So we could at least see them. And um, it worked out where Simone was able to come, but mm-hmm. Sammy was not. And, right. And again, that's what I was saying. It's so cool because I know Christy was devastated to not see Sammy. And she said she was hurt, but mm-hmm. she, there was not one part of her that was not excited for me. Oh, no. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's really what God calls in a friendship. Yeah. Is that... No matter what, even in your disappointment, yeah. you can still cheer on the other person. Oh, definitely. And vice versa. There's been times where, I mean, I remember um, our second medical mission, I think it was, our second medical mission, we couldn't find Simone for for a few hours, and yeah. Sammy came running up, and I was thrilled yeah. that I could see you with Sammy. Well, so, and it's not, I think the important thing is, is our, our friendship is, you know, it's not, it's genuine. There's yeah. no competition there. Like no. it's not, you know, even if I hadn't seen, and I didn't see Sammy on that trip, no. you know, I, I was ecstatic yeah, that you were, you were going you were to genuinely see happy that I could see him. Even mm-hmm. though he's troublesome. He's very troublesome. <laughs> he is. He would have kept us on our toes and oh, that's okay. Man. He's very troublesome, but um, perfect in every way yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So... I but, think it's something that, and I know you're the same way that I, I don't let myself go there often just because, um, you know, I don't, I don't let my mind wander, um, you know, what, if Sammy was here, what, what would we be doing? What, what? I can't, you know, and that's why I say that if Sammy were here, I don't know that we would be doing what we're doing now. I don't know that we would either. And I know that was part of God's plan, but yeah, it's been five and a half years. And when I let myself go back mm-hmm. to that point that, um, hole in my heart is still the same. It's still the same, but you know, you put up, you put on your protective gear and you focus on what God's called you to. And I, again, was never called to adopt. I didn't feel like Mm -hmm. before that and haven't felt that since, but I know that I trust that that was part of God's plan. Right. Because as you said, I don't, I don't know that I would have jumped in feet first any other time like that. Right. And the project has went a different direction, I think, in a different area. It has. Because we um, we have so much more purpose even than what we had originally. Well, you know, and I had said, I remember saying this to Ed that, you know, if I couldn't have Sammy here, I wanted to make his life as best as he could have there. Yes. You know, that's what I wanted to do. And so I think that's when the project began to look at a holistic approach. Yes. You know, we, I agree. we you know, it's about the kids. It's about getting these kids off of slavery, mm-hmm. off of the Volta Lake. You know, that is that is the worst thing I would want. I would give anything to have every child off that yes. lake. However, we have to also remember that, you know, we need to be reaching these parents as well and these grandparents right. as well. It's not just about getting these kids off the lake. 
that is the end goal is yes. that there not be a child on that lake. But, you know, if we're going to be there, we might as well try to do as much as we can with all we can. What is exactly. that John Wesley? Was it, is it John Wesley that do all that you can with all that you have for whatever? No. I can't remember, but that's the thing. Um, and I know if I were to talk to the other parents that or the other, yeah, the other parents that were going to adopt, they you know, Enoch and Festus and Gideon, it would be the exact mm-hmm. same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I do think about that sometimes, like how in the world did God choose those people? Like yeah. what, you know, the, what is the lesson? What is, when, when I get to heaven one day, you know, I would love to know, you know, was it just a lesson in obedience? I don't know. See, I think that sometimes too. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I know I would not change what I did. Right. I would not change pursuing that adoption, even knowing the hurt and that it wasn't going to fail. Yeah. If you knew it was going to fail. I would not change that. Right. You know? Right. Well, and you think about it, you know, we go there and you know, I'll pull up and people will say, Sammy, Sammy, like they know. Yeah. You know, they know, they know when we're there who we're there to see. Right. You know, it's um, not that we're not there to see the other kids, but it's just... Um, There's a connection there, personal connection. And there always will be. There mm-hmm. always, you know, they're the reasons we keep going back. Right. You know, and we won't stop. Mm-mm. That's the thing. No. Um, and I think that um, I look at you, like I talked to my sister last week and about, you know, and you're the same way. You both have that gift of faith. You know, you both have that... Because like even through that and through, um, you know, you had said that, uh, did you say that your brother was adopted? Did you mention that? My brother, that? no, I didn't. I, um, I had a brother who was adopted. He was four years older than me. So they had told my mom she couldn't ever have children. They adopted my brother and four years later, she had a surprise pregnancy with me. So, um, but he passed away at 18 from... Mm-hmm non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And you were 14? I was 14. He was 18. So, you know, at that point, we, my mom took me to church some. Mm -hmm. We didn't really know Christ. Um, But he was sick for four years. So for four years, God used people in our life that planted seed after seed after seed and watered those seeds in me. And I I had about four homes that I would stay at mm-hmm. because they were gone for either they were both down there at St. Jude with my brother, my mom and dad, or my dad was working and I had school. So through the week I would stay with other people. And ever, even though we weren't involved in church, every family I stayed with what? were faithful Christians and different mm. denominations, yeah. all different, four different denominations. So I know that he used that body of Christ to build our faith during that time. Definitely. And um, so I had that instance. And I've watched my mom, even through that, um, has always been a strong, um, positive kind of person. Yeah. She's, she's had a lot of tragedy in her life that she could let really um, just take her down a bad path. And she's chosen to remain positive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important too, because it is a choice. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've all had things that have affected us in our life, but we, we have a choice to, is that going to bury us or is that going right. to rise us up and, and let us do things that, right. that we really, honestly, I look at some people and I'm like, I don't know how you get out of bed every day right? with right. the amount of stuff that you've had happen in your life. Mm-hmm. 
but yet they do. They, they make do. the choice they to keep going. And it's the same going. way, you know, yep. I think about this um, failed adoption with Sammy and Simone and the other boys, and I think that very easily could have made us stop. Right. Yes. And it almost did. I yeah, mean, it, there were it, times that I'm thankful, not that I'm thankful it happened to us, but I'm thankful it happened together because you understood where I was coming from when right. I would text you one day and say, I don't know if I can get out of bed today. Right. Or, um, and I know it's hard if, if you've not pursued that and had mm-hmm. that fall through, it's hard to really understand. Um, he was as much my son as my son that I gave birth to. Right. Like, that's how I feel about right. him. So, well, when you let your heart be open to something like that, yes, then, you know, you have that anticipation that yes. this is going to be my child. Mm-hmm. You know, he is going to be Sammy Farhart. I mean, that's right. just what, yeah. you know, Riken would set a place for him at the supper table. Yeah. You know, he was mm-hmm. going to be, and Riken was only three, four yeah. I reckon was four. You know, he was going to be, you know, we would get in the car and reckon would say, leave a seatbelt for Sammy. Right. right. You know, it's, it you, does you know, you that. open yourself up to that. And I think with heartache, it's heartache. It is. Whether it's a failed adoption, whether it's, you know, Loss of a child. Yeah. Anything. It it's it the is. same. And you have to just keep going. You know, but then speaking of that, when my brother passed away, I was 14. If you fast forward 10 more years, my dad was diagnosed with cancer Mm -hmm. and wasn't given a long time. And still, I was attending church some, but not really committing my life to Christ the way I should. And um, my dad would never go to church ever because Mm. when my brother was sick, he had some things said to him. Um, from people in a church that um, really changed his perception right. of that. Some very hurtful things. And um, I remember it was just he and I, and he did not have long, like a week or two left. And and he, I just said, are you ready? Like mm-hmm. just a general, dad, are you ready? And he, and he said, again, Jesus had never been mentioned. He said to me, if you mean do I know Jesus, then no, I'm not. Oh. That's what he said. So me, again, part-time churchgoer, right. was not competent to even know where to go with that. Um, went to my uncle, one of the homes that we stayed at, yeah. with my aunt and uncle, to come. And my uncle came and led him to Christ that day, um, which in turn led my mom to Christ. Is which this your turn, uncle, Billy? My uncle, Billy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Which then in turn got Mike and I involved in church. Mm. And... Um, the Sunday after my dad passed away, he passed away on a Monday. On Sunday, there we sat as a family in church and um, went forward and dedicated our lives as a family. So that was... Wow. Yeah. You know, that's and just think, really, how do you not ever ask that question? I know. And again, I don't really... Well, I know what prompted me. Right, right, right. Christ prompted me to ask it. But at that point, I didn't even realize where that was going to go. Right. I really meant more. I really, in my mind, probably thought, he's tired. Yeah. He's in pain. Are you ready to are go? Are you just yeah. ready to? Not like, are you ready? Are you, you ready? Know, yeah. Heaven or hell here, buddy. Yeah. Like, yeah. like there. And I think that's something, too, that people don't realize. And, you know, um, you know, there's two choices and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's heaven or there's hell. Like, there's there's two choices. Yeah. Um, I sat in a funeral not too long ago, and I told Ed, I said, it broke my heart Mm -hmm. because people did not understand the urgency of accepting Christ. Right, right. And ultimately, that's why we do what we do. It is. It is. You know. Absolutely. All right. So where are we at? Mm -hmm. Oh, let's talk a little bit then. So you've had, you know, your brother passed away when you were 14. Mm -hmm. Your dad passed away when you were 24. 
right? Mm. 10 years later. No, 10 years later, he got diagnosed. Yeah, probably 25, 26. So 25, probably, 26. Still, still fairly young. I was still fairly young. You know, this yeah, is I was a lot of heartache. 20s, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, the failed adoption. You know, Alyssa has had uh, several health problems throughout her life mm-hmm. with her uh, tumors. Uh, is, are they called tumors? Yeah, it's scleroderma and it causes tumors. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then Mike had a heart attack. And I yeah. remember, I remember um, getting that phone call from you and just how scared you were. I didn't even know where he was at. Like, no. I didn't know what hospital he was going to. I remember to. that, yes. Yeah. So I, I was working in, again, I work from home. I work remotely. I travel some, but I was on a conference call and Mike called three times in a row, which he never does. So I said, I've got to go. Right. And um, he said, and I could hear the panic in his voice, I think I'm having a heart attack. And I'm like, what? Where are you? And right. um, so fast forward, he, he was in Evansville. I said, you need to call 911. He said, I think I'm going to have one of the guys drive me to the hospital because, you know, yeah. at this point, he's not sure what it is. Um, I didn't know what hospital. And I'm like, are you going to Deaconess? Are you going to St. Mary's? Are you, you know, where are you at? I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what hospital I'm going to. And I called my friends and I'm like, I just need you to pray. Right. I, you know, Mike thinks he's having a heart attack. I'm heading towards Evansville and I don't even know where he's at. Right. I don't know what hospital to go to. Um, Thankfully, he was about two miles from Deaconess Downtown Hospital. And so I get there, and and at this point, my friend Leslie, who lives in Evansville, has come in to meet me, and Mike's boss is there, and they said, oh, let I come in, and they're like, let me take you to where he's at. And they, they point, and they said, go up to the second floor. So I go to the second floor. Well, it's cardiac waiting area, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I- I'm confused. Well, thankfully, they got him back in to cath lab, and they were able to put a stent in, but he had 100% blockage in the vessel that they call the Widowmaker. Right. Um, and I, I remember, and like I said, Mike's easy for the most part to live with. He, does, he is. Um, <laughs> for the most part. For the most part. But he is the most selfless man I, I think there yeah. is out there. He is so selfless. And I remember being so scared and... The doctor come out and he, we were sitting there and it was my friend and Mike's boss. And he said, well, he had a pretty major heart attack. And, and I just, I remember thinking, okay, okay. Yeah. Go on. (laughs) Go on. And, but still part of me knowing it was going to be okay. And, and I just wanted to see him. Like I just wanted to see him and they wheeled him around. They were bringing him out and they wheeled him around and he had the biggest smile and he goes, there's my bride. I can picture it, you hmm. know, and I knew then that things were going to be okay. Right. But it was tough because he, um, right afterwards did not have the best heart function. Mm-hmm. You know, it took a, you know, it was stunned a little bit. That muscle was stunned, but he didn't have permanent damage. Right. He's really back to where he was and he's doing great, but he lost his dad in his early fifties. His dad was in his early 50s to a heart attack. Oh, that's scary. It is scary. And Mike was 40, 44, right. which is young. It is young. So um, he doesn't take care of himself as well as he should, but better than he used to. Right, so, right. But yeah, that was a, a scary time. But again, I knew that in all things mm-hmm. that God would see me through that. Yeah. I knew that whatever happened we just face it and yeah. go on. And I think that, you know, uh, I think it was about a year, year and a half ago, um, I really felt like, I've, you know, I've never heard the voice of God audibly, but I really felt like he was saying to me, would I be enough if I took this project away from you? 
Mm. And my answer at that time was no. Yeah. No. Because, you know, this project was everything. Mm -hmm. And so I've really had to focus on, all right, you know, God, you are first. Mm -hmm. You know, and would you be enough? Yes, Mm -hmm. you would be enough. You know, Um, but that's a hard question. And the same thing, you know, would you be enough if this adoption failed? Or would I be enough if this adoption failed? Mm -hmm. You know, would God be enough if he had taken Mike? Would God be, you know, I think that's things that we don't, really think about no no you know and I think it's you know the world is such a lost hopeless world and um it's just I don't know it's just difficult right right and I can't imagine not having God in my life I can't either well and we faced the death of my brother without Christ really in our life and then we faced the death of my dad knowing where he was. And my mom will be the first to say her reaction was completely different. And, and the loss of a child is different than the loss of a husband also. But I know she went to the cemetery every day after my brother for a Mm. year, every single day. I know that my dad, she goes once a year because she says, I know that's not where he is. I know that I have the hope to see him again. Um, so I look back and I don't know how she survived it without Christ at that time. Other right. than there was a, she had the body of Christ around her holding her up. Yeah. And that's so important. I think that um, we can not realize that in our daily walk that we need like-minded Christians to and, help us get through this And life. we need to reach out to those that aren't Christians. We were not at the time. Right. But they are the ones who held us up. Yeah. So um, we've... We've got to remember mm-hmm. not to just surround ourselves with, with the easy. Yeah, and that's what Ed said today in his sermon. He was like, you know, God loves you just as well as he loves that heroin addict looking for his mm-hmm. next score. God loves you just as much as, you know, that alcoholic that, that has a pounding headache right. in church. Right, You know, and he said something about, you know, we need to remember that it's whether we go across the street or across the world that we go and tell people about Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we do. And meet them where they're at. Right. Meet them where you they're at. You have to. And you've done that for my kids, and so I appreciate that. All right. Let's talk about, before we end, things you like to do for fun. I don't really like any of the stuff you like. <laughs> I don't know how we're friends. Other than I we like, like the Reds. You like the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. I yeah. like IU. You like Kentucky. Yeah. It's just, yeah. We both like Africa. That's true. I guess that... that and we trans- both like your kids. Is that transcend... Well, I like them most of the time. <laughs> kind of like Mike. <laughs> That transcends all of that, I guess. Right. But um, like you like to hike. I like to hike. I love to be outside. I love to be in nature. We got a camper a couple of years ago, and we like to just go camp. And we actually have a goal um, after the kids move out and fully move out and we don't have college, we'd love to sell our house, buy a nice camper, and travel for a few years because I can wow. work from anywhere. Yeah, that's true. So we would love to be able to do that. So no, hike, camp. I like to swim and be outside. Let's hey, the cool thing about our friendship too is um, I have a Kindle account that yes. you use. You have a oh, should we well should we tell cuz you don't do your, oh, don't do your kids know now? They know. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I think Reese does. I don't know if they all do, but that's You okay. have the Hulu account that I use. Like that is real friendship. It is. Like we share each other's stuff. Yes. Yes. I would be <laughs> lo- So, the gist of that is we share each other's stuff. So what's funny is I never know what you're reading on my Kindle because it doesn't keep track. Um, like I can't get on my Kindle and, and I know what, what you're reading. reading and you know what I'm reading. Because I, I remember though when I when we first did this Kindle thing, 
Um, I was like, I read some pretty wide variety of books. Like, I read young adult. I read fiction, nonfiction. Which is great. Because yeah. Because that's what I like, too. Perfect. So, we're good. Yeah. So, so, I do enjoy reading. Good. I like to veg out on Netflix. I love Netflix. You know, in the winter, I like to veg out on Netflix. So, I really live kind of a boring life, and I'm okay with that. I, yeah. Until I we go to Africa. Right. Then it's exciting. And we're going in what? A hundred and some days. 108 days until check-in. I just <laughs> Did you just today. Look, I looked today. 108 days. We're going on the next medical mission trip. I'm really excited because um, like Melissa had shared today, you know, our medical stuff is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. it's, it's changing with us getting ready to open a medical clinic. And that's where my heart's been for a long time. I I've know. said for a long time. We will open a medical clinic, and now it's it's becoming more of a reality. So, so when I text you, and I'm like, yeah, on my radar for the next thing. What were were you like? Well, it's about time, or were you like, <laughs> no? Yes. I was like, yes, yeah. yes. I I am. It's the holistic approach, like you said. Yeah, and healthcare is so key, and um, family planning, as you know, that's mm-hmm. key, and um, being able to provide women's health care and ensure healthy pregnancies and and i know that's a long time down the road it'll start very basic but i know that we will have a women's clinic and family um family planning and being able to treat the entire family at some point that's awesome i'm excited about that so all right nikki thanks for coming on and thank you sharing your story and i'm sure it will touch people and i will post that picture of you in the life jacket if i can find it (laughs) All right, until next time, see you on Stepping Out of the Boat with Christy Farhar.